Ladies and gentlemen, the commercials. Hey, Ken. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting day today. Isn't it? It's just kind of, there's something in the air. Don't know what it is. Can't explain it. It's like a wanting to kill type of feeling in the air. A little bit. A little bit like wanting yeah. to kill. Like maybe not any like specifics. I can't really explain. Like I, it's not like I want to kill somebody, but there are some things like I would rather be dead. <laughs> not sure what I can, how to, how to articulate that, but. But it's that kind of day, and and it is. You know, as we gear up for this show, I, I wonder how that will affect us. Ah, well, it's definitely going to be shitty. Hi. 
We make you wanna step with this. She plays on the page, slice like a ninja, cut like a razor blade, so fast. All the DJs say, damn, the rhyme was a drug, I'd sell it by the ram. Keep my composure when it's time to get loose. Bang the tires by the mic while I kick my juice. If there was a problem, I'd solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolved it. Ice, ice, baby. Studio 6C in the mean streets of Brooklyn, New York. This is the Commercials Freak Podcast. My name is Dave D. Koenig. And this is Ken Pond. And you are listening to us at thecommercials.tv and the Magic of iTunes. We are prepared for a, oh, a heck of a show, Ken. Stupendous. We have got a terrific guest coming up. Uh, comedian, uh, actress, actress. Uh, Actor, if you prefer, if you don't want to get gender specific. Marvelously uh, funny. Marvelously uh, funny. And a yoga instructor to boot. Uh, a yoga, a yogi, uh, a, a yoga uh, a well, master. A yoga, a, yo- a yoga hypocrite. But we'll get into that later. <laughs> That's true. Abigail Shaman will be joining us in just a little bit. And uh, we have got, boy, oh boy, we have got probably the strangest coincidence ever on record. And we're willing to put that up against any other coincidence. Like really crazy, like, you know, weird set of chain of events that end up with a coincidence that is highly unlikely. Inexplicable, almost, uh, you could say. Uh, But but that's coming up later, yeah. You were going to say. Yeah, that's later. But first and foremost... I mean, this is what's the day today? Because I'm so bad with days, numbers, and things. Well, it, it, you know, as we're taping this, because that's m- probably irrelevant compared to when, let's say, you're listening to this show. Yeah. Um, so, what, but, when are they listening? Uh, they are listening. Well, let's let's predict. They're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, this show was recorded earlier than Tuesday. But it was. What is happening uh, as we speak is that uh, as we are sitting here in our studio in Brooklyn, we are surrounded by an endless sea of snow. Yeah, it is nor'easter to the maximum. I mean, it's really like blizzardy. And I would say of the season, so far the worst. And on top of that, like, you know, you go to different websites and you go to weather. I always look at like, AccuWeather.com and then mm-hmm. weather.com. And, you know, it's like for a while before the storm, like three days, they're contradicting each other. Absolutely. It's like, you know, it's going to be sunny and, and, and 90. And, you know, <laughs> the other one is like, we're all going to die. It's right, the apocalypse, right. You know, and then it's like in, in total, what ended up happening, this is far worse than any weather 
people had predicted. Yeah, this is this is just really, really bad. I mean, yeah. not only have we already had more snow than we could ever really want, and we have become so accustomed to mild winters here in, in our area, in the New York City area, but this is just almost like a slap in the face. It is. But, you know, Dave, I have to be honest with you. I know you're a homeowner. Mm-hmm. And a family man, and you've got a driveway yes. and a car. Yes. You know, I'm a transit person. Yes. I live in an apartment. I don't shovel my own stuff. No, you don't. That is the part. But, you know, to be honest with you, and this is, very, this is a secret thing, it's, I, I'm a person that's unable to enjoy the small things in life. <laughs> Snow is one of the things I actually can. Really? And even when I'm walking in it and having to shovel it and drive in it, I still really, really like it. See, I, I think you, you and I are fairly opposite on this. I mean, if most if, people if are opposite n- with me on this, if if if, if the, it didn't in any way, in any way, not any a way, I don't know what that means. If if I didn't, well, it's the old to, fashioned way of saying. It. If I didn't, in any way. let me tell you something, son. If I didn't in any a way have to be affected by <laughs> this white go. stuff coming out of the old skyrooney. Uh, the sky, see? I would, I would, I'd be fine with it. You know, when I was little, snow was awesome. I mean, it, like the first couple of days of a snowstorm, ah, oh, you know, you go outside, oh, yes. you play with it, and you there throw snowballs and all that with stuff. Childhood, yeah. But also, for me, it's the aesthetic. I mean, everybody knows, my friends on Facebook know I'm such, so queer because <laughs> I, I, I like tape the snow. Oh yeah, you, know, yeah, you do somehow capture these cool videos do, that you do. Yeah, I'll do time lapse of the snow building up. I'll do these kind of weird playing around with the with the video footage of the snow and mm-hmm. these weird. I, I just love it, you know. And uh, you, people people know that. But every time you know, I talk to someone, I assume everyone's like me, and I'm like, "Have you heard? It's going to snow like eight inches. It's going to be crazy." They're like, oh, shit. Yeah, well, because uh, at this stage in our lives, it just represents nuisance. Yeah, but the aesthetic to me is far. I mean, I, I told someone this recently. It's going to sound so cheesy, but my two favorite sounds in the world is like that crispy, crackly sound of snow. When it's all quiet, you're standing outside. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like a stra- the snap, crackle, pop of it almost. Yes, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, and the sound of a of a lone car slowly crushing through the snow. I mean, it's just the aesthetic spinning out of control and slamming into a tree <laughs> that contained a small child. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound don't nice. Children <laughs> living inside trees. I don't know, but um, it is um, it is very nice. It is very nice to me. But it is the worst to, to you know go on record and say this is the worst we've had. Yeah, in a long, 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 long time. But you know, I, I can't argue with the inherent beauty of a newly fallen snow. If yeah. it stayed like that, even, but here in our area, it goes from maybe an hour of beautiful white blanket of cottony looking snow. An hour of that, at an hour and one minute, it turns immediately gray and slushy. And that's it what does. we get. It does, but this is a little different. I mean, for the past, I've been looking out the, out the window since we've been working. and it, See, I it won't is, even look out that same window. I know. You want, I know. I know. No, it disturbs you so. But 
it is still in that blowy, powdery, beautiful phase. Yeah, it, I do not enjoy it nearly as much when it's mixed with rain and slush and crap. Yeah, yeah. You know, I do not, I don't like that because that's not really snow. That's just like, you know, a, a jambalaya of precipitation, if you will. <laughs> you know, that's not so much fun. That sounds delicious, actually. Uh, um, it's actually good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it tastes good. Uh, I, I, I guess, you know, I, maybe I will reach a point in my life where I will again embrace a nice snowstorm i i suppose if i was away from the house and well, i was on I, a vacation and it snowed and i was expecting it and that's what i paid for fine but i was getting right, really you, used to these these you know, global warming change. winters it's going to change where you're going to start enjoying snowstorms a lot much because you're going to vicariously like it through your daughter well that's true yeah it's i mean good. she's too young still to be really she's playing out there yet the yeah. snow I mean, I'm sure she looks out the window and it's like, it's like, wow. Oh, she's so. fascinated. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But, but, you know, it'll be a joy for her. You'll be able to do that vicariously. That's what I hope. That's the one saving grace I have going for me because otherwise it is just a complete and utter mess of a thing. I mean, we have. There, there's, just understand, in order for me to be vicarious, I have to pay a whore to listen to me talk about how <laughs> she politely agrees with me. That's what I have. It's so you hire empty. a so yes have, whore. Yeah. Have, you know, you have a good thing going on. Yeah, but here's here's the deal. In my house, uh, we we you know I have a house and we have the yard and and there's room on either side of the house, so it's very suburban. Um, in between my house and the next door neighbors is a uh, basically a wall of mm-hmm. bamboo. Okay. Uh, and the reason the bamboo is there is because the guy who lives next to us uh, was absolutely horrified by the previous occupants of the house I now live in. Oh, my goodness. They were so awful and so obscene and terrible that he wanted to shield his kids from being able to see what was going on next door. Dude, this is great. Like, what kind of stuff would they do? They had wild parties. They, this this house that I'm in right now used to be the trouble house of the neighborhood. And you are kidding yeah, me. Yeah, and when that family moved out, which was the family previous to the one we bought it from. Okay. When they moved out, they literally had a party at the police station. Because they were so much trouble here. Um, You're kidding no, me. No, 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 no. Dead like serious. Like a celebration that they Man, were, like, the citizens were gone? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is, is that, great, Yeah, dude. Yeah, so that, that's the, uh, that's the fun of this town. You can't that stuff. That is just great. No, I mean, the, the, the history of the family that lived here is, I mean, we, we've heard stories. We don't really have any direct connection to them. But they're, 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 we have a detached garage. And we, when we moved in, we're like, wow, that's really huge. And there was a steam pipe coming out of it. Um, and inside is this really old, uh, almost like a potbelly stove kind of thing, but not oh, potbelly. Yeah, yeah, wood yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, we're like, wow, what do they do here? Of course, we also saw like uh, black lights and stuff and, and evidence that they were maybe growing stuff in the in that garage. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, but I'm sure they used that, uh, that oven to smoke stuff like – Collectively, very very you know, possible. Uh, you know, because what what a lot of people would do in that situation. Not that I have any experience in this <laughs> whatsoever, but they would they'll stuff the chimney, especially if it's a detached like a house or garage. Stuff the chimney 
throw bricks of marijuana in there, light it like a fire, and have their friends come in. You know, why? And that's called hot boxing. Oh, actually. okay. I understand. I mean, I've heard, I've heard the term. It's I had just really... like, dude, you go, you go in there for ten minutes, and you come out, and you're seeing the like pink elephants from <laughs> Dumbo and stuff like that. <clears throat> you, you know, I bet they must. From what you tell me, that must have happened at least once. You're probably right, but <clears throat> what we also learned is that it's a very weird family. The the other use for that garage we have come to learn is that they would go the uh, the adult children who were living with uh, the mother who still lived here uh, would go down. We're not far from the Hackensack River. Uh, that's as specific as I f- probably should get on a you know on a podcast. But we're not far from the Hackensack River, and they would literally go down to the river to hunt muskrat. What? They would take the muskrat back and 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 uh, strip them down for the pelts and sell the pelts. <laughs> they, what? They sold musk. Yeah, that's what they did. Uh, that's a very whimsical thing to do. <laughs> I don't know how much whimsy there was. It wasn't like, hey there, partner, would you like to buy a muskrat pelt? There you go, Billy. Here's your change. <laughs> You know, I don't know that it was whimsical. I think it was just they were pretty <laughs> disturbed people. And <laughs> to your change. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they must know something about the muskrat skin business. Uh, there, yeah, it's a th- it was thriving here in uh, the old town. But, uh, yeah, I, I, thankfully I have not had any. Uh, we, did, we didn't find any evidence of, of muskrat remains because that would be the old first muskrat I see. Uh, so you're telling me f- you move in the south with your new uh, with your new wife, and Relatively eventually new wife, yeah. you 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 get to know do the get to know your neighbors thing. Yes, yes. And the guy on that side was probably like, "You're probably wondering why there's a huge ass bamboo wall between our two properties." Yeah, actually, I moved next door to the guy who was in the Pepper Charm commercials. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Pepper Charm knows. He remembers. He remembers. Um, you. Yeah, so is that kind of how it went? Yeah, like I mean, he's probably wondering why there's a human shield. Yes, yeah. In your house. Okay. Now, getting back to the original point is that bamboo, as you probably know, is is great in tropical areas. It it adds to the environment. Uh, you know, the 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 atmosphere. It adds to the the kind of the what do you call it? The the Ah, the, the, the ambiance. ambiance of an area. It's also an extremely resilient wood. Ridiculously resilient. Yeah. Uh, to the point of being a nuisance. And when it snows, now you notice I use the term tropical. And tropical usually is uh, a, a completely opposite term in usage from snow. So what happens is when it snows, it sticks to the the bamboo, and the bamboo just like caves. Really? Yeah. So so we, our cars, uh, one of, we have a we have a truck, and 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 it's sitting in the driveway. The snow comes down, bends the bamboo to the point where we literally could no longer see the truck. Oh my god! Yeah. So that's that's part of what we, I mean. Not only do we dealing with the standard shoveling and and annoyances that, like that, we we have this unbelievable bamboo snow issue, and it's not like you can get rid of bamboo; it just grows back and it grows back more. It cannot be oh, stopped. 
So you, when you said wall, you didn't mean like a bamboo, a, a wall made of bamboo. No, sir. Literal bamboo trees growing. That is correct. Yes, I should oh, probably wow. should have specified. Yeah. Wow! 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we 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 have all kind. You know, it, while we're dealing with the depths of winter and a blizzard and a nor'easter and everything fun about the Northeast, uh, we're also dealing with the. Uh, the, the 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 bamboo issue like we're in uh, uh somewhere in south america oh or vietnam or vietnam yeah. and uh i wish i had a machete that's really all it amounts to yeah well you know you'd probably piss off your neighbor chopping down his beloved privacy dividers i could tell he doesn't like it either but he like you know i never really talked to him specifically about it but you could tell that hey, he, we promised we won't have sex with a bunch of people in the garage can you go ahead and yeah. take that <laughs> you know what it's, you know, it's incredibly expensive to get rid of that's the other problem well when my parents bought the house that they're retiring in right now which is on the south shore way out east on the long island mm-hmm. it was so nice because it's like one of the ruralist places in in on Long Island, mm-hmm. where like literally our house had a house next. There was a house next to us, maybe fifty yards away. Oh, that's nice. But there were so many high trees, and there was no house on the other side. So it's like we could play music, we oh, could skinny dip, nice. and blah 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 blah. With your family? And, uh, not my family. <laughs> but, you know, my family's friends. Yeah, yeah. It's not a question you should ask. <laughs> okay. Even though I said it, don't don't charge it off. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, immediately, and then they are complete assholes that live next door. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other podcast. But uh, <laughs> they, when they first moved in, they like leveled every tree. So literally, uh-huh. you, you could like stand, and they're only like you know twenty meters away on one side, and tons of windows, and it's a huge house. So they like took out all the privacy things. So they could see everything that goes on on my parents' pool deck. Aww. And so my dad had to be like, go over and be like, look, um, I know you guys are pricks and everything. <laughs> um, I've learned that the hard way, but can you please fucking replant the trees on my side? You know, it was like actually on my dad's property. No so, way. Yeah. You can't do that. Well, the guys, the guy is just, you know, it's like they're your neighbors. You know, and to clear a bunch of high trees apparently took as long as it took my dad to go to the store and come back, and they were just gone, like wow. on the ground. So, but that, someone but, used like a laser beam to take him out. But you know, <laughs> he, he it's it's funny. Very quickly, just very quickly, one of my favorite stories about my dad and this neighbor is like, as it is, there's a tentative tension, you know, between them, uh, a tentative uh, friendlyhood. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, out there, they don't have garbage pickup. You have to pay for it out there. Oh, yeah. So my dad was trying to, like, cut corners, be like, I don't want to freaking pay for it. So one, they were doing extra construction on, on the neighbor's side, and my dad made the horrible mistake of just in this big, you know, uh, you know, like construction bins? Dump, like dumpster. Truck uh, not oh, dumpster. Yeah. Like a, a dumpster bin, basically. Yeah, 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 huge, huge. Like, he's like, they'll never notice. So he throws two, like, kitchen garb- uh-uh. garbage with the garbage in there. And, like, not even the next morning, like, guy comes to the door and is like, <laughs> hey, did you put your garbage in my in my bin because you know I pay for that oh, by the freaking pound or whatever <clears throat> you know mm-hmm. by the metric ton I don't know and my dad just 
freezes up and goes, no. <laughs> and the guy pulls something out of the garbage bag. He's like, then why are all your bills addressed to you in the bag? Nice. Oh, and boy. my dad's like, uh, 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 okay, let me level with you. I'm sorry <laughs> that, you know, so, so there's so much tension that by the time, like, you know, something simple happens, like by mistake, my aunt like w- was visiting and walked her dog and it went a little on their property and took a poop. Oh no. Dude, it turned into Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> it was like, so, they were so mean about it. And uh, 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 an additional personal note, one time their sons came over and they're like, you know, they were very apologetic. Like, yeah, I'm sorry my father is a dick what? and my mother is a pain in the ass. And, you know, they were, they acknowledged that, you know, they're cool about it. But at one point they had a couple of drinks and they're like, yeah, my dad's like, so how's the gay boy? Oh, and geez. Talking about like, dude, I talked to a guy like once in my life. They're like, that guy's a faggot. <laughs> that kid over there, they raised a faggot. And he's like, oh, for God's sakes, dude. That's not even good on any level. First of all, it's. And then it, he became a police officer. Oh, great. Yeah. Fantastic. So like, yeah, the the blue the blue uh, the blue curtain has fallen hard on exactly. this. Now speaking of police officers and uh, if putting things in other people's garbage bins, um, just about and correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. Just about a week ago, not even two weeks ago, maybe. Yes. Um, Tiger Woods. Oh, you 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 you, you did the transition. You, I'm proud of you. You've. Dave. I learned from the best. You've learned. You've learned here on the commercials I've free learned. podcast, thecommercials.tv, and the magic I'm of iTunes. Of learning. <laughs> I'm capable of learning. I felt it was the time to transition. Ken's growing. I took the you did. Are you? By the way, are you uncomfortable? Is it like me driving your car now? I have a, and you're I have, you look at my face. I'm smiling. Well, okay. Right, I have that's an ear to ear, sincere smile. You should know that. Well, but to you, it's like he's finally growing up. I, it's that's what you're thinking. Absolutely. I'm, it's a matter of pride. I mean, yeah, if, you know, if, if I looked at you like this, wait a minute, wait, if I, <laughs> but for us, it's a matter of trust. It certainly is. No, I mean, if you looked at me and I had like this face, like, like, oh, that, that's great, man. That, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You'd know the difference, but I have a smile on my face that's, that honestly says, hey, way to go, Ken. You are, you know, no, you, you sometimes right. you, you make you make jokes and, and I think they're actually fun when you talk about, you know, the professionalism that I bring to the table and then sometimes how I'm a little bit obsessed with the professionalness right, of the show. Exactly. But but you're actually like, learning to, you know, we're, we're 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 coming towards the center just a little bit. And, you know, it's yeah. But to quote, you know, William Smith from the first Men in Black movie. Do you know the difference between me and you, Dave? Oh, here we go. Yeah, this is uh, this will this will fit you like a glove. Go ahead. I make this look good. Oh, there you go. Yeah, does that make me old and busted? No, dude. Are you the what new I, hotness? No, dude. What's his, what's the guy? I don't know why I can't think of his name. Tommy Lee Jones. Up. Dude, Tommy Lee Jones is a great person to be. I just happen to be the young, quippy Will Smith. It's got a little more street eyes, a little more, you know. A little more uh, running around. I feel like, you know, if, if a con man came up to you and was like, sir, can I change this $10 bill for 420s? Be like, of course, sir. Here you go. Have a nice day. Ten minutes later, 
oh, for the love of crap. You really don't think now, that at all. if I was there with you, I'd be like, dude, this guy smells sketchy. He smells sketchy. Don't there, don't there isn't do it. a there isn't a chance in the no, uh, you actually can't. think I would be I that know, naive. I know. It just I have to tie in some kind of relational thing. You sure, know? sure. But you know who, you know who I'm is trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. Speaking of pulling, <laughs> up. pulling fast ones, <laughs> the uh, the golfer mm-hmm. known as Dave. What's his name? It's Tiger Woods. He Tiger. Is. Tiger has a. Uh, yeah, Tiger. Is go on, go on. No, no. I, 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 I want he you to continue this. No, no, no. I know you're going to let me go. Yes, yeah. I did that. Good. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Pat on the back. <clears throat> he made his apology speech, mm-hmm. uh, a public apology speech. It was in both a press announcement and, a, quote unquote, a personal. According to his his, his, his PR people, a, a a personal address to the people in his life that it directly affected. Mm-hmm. So it served its a dual purpose, and uh, which is not a bad idea. Now, I don't know about you, Dave. I know you probably listened to it. Mm-hmm. He was sincerely apologetic. He was, uh, he admitted uh, notions he had in his head about him feeling like he was better than other people mm-hmm. and that it was wrong. Right. And that kind of honesty, I, I absolutely applaud. Well, I, I, I absolutely do because it takes a lot to say that. I, I, I at face value, I totally agree with you. I mean, yeah. for somebody to get up in front of that many people and say, hey, I screwed up and you know, I, I feel bad about it. I, I realized that I uh, looked at life the wrong way and now I see the error of my ways and now I need to correct those errors. Um, That's right. In and of itself, honorable, admirable thing to do. But, right. you know, there, there's part of me that says, well, you know, if either A, you didn't do this stuff to begin with, or B, you were upfront about the fact that you did do this stuff to begin with, this apology wouldn't be necessary. Not to mention the fact that he's apologizing exactly. to the public, and, and honestly, who cares? You know, I honest, because, I mean, you know, and we've talked about this, touched on this before, mm-hmm. he has no reason to apologize to the public. No. I no. don't believe that he is responsible for apologizing for his behavior. I believe it's his life. I believe, uh, you know, he can run it as he pleases. And if there are problems and if there are concerns, the mistakes that he makes do not somehow magically, because he's a public figure, in, uh, you know, make him a mandatory candidate for an apology no. he may or may not mean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, no. I mean, I think if, if you, uh, even if you are the biggest. Uh, golf fan in the world, even if you're the biggest Tiger Woods fan in the world, you probably are that way because he is a very good golfer. I mean, probably the best golfer of all time. Yeah. But these revelations should have zero effect on your life. Zero. Absolutely zero. Whether he did or did not, whether he apologized or did not, that area of his life has nothing to do with why you even know Tiger Woods' name to begin with. Exactly. So it is not. Yeah. And you know, it's it's even for me, it's even different uh, from from uh, like the steroid uh, revelations about a lot of athletes, especially baseball players, in the last twenty years. uh, Most of them. Uh, of the best, most successful players in the last 20 years have 
been revealed or at least are under suspicion for having used steroids to enhance their performance. And I think that directly affects what we think of them because, hey, if I admire him because he's such an excellent player and I find out that he is excellent only because he cheated, then you can say, boy, that really affects and I feel that I was led astray. I was led to believe he was that good, but it was only because he cheated. You know, it's, it's, I don't, first of all, it's not like me. I can't even look, see my toes. I, I, my, my, my main meal of the day was two, uh, uh, you know, like quarter pounders from McDonald's. (laughs) It doesn't mean that if I pump myself full of steroids right now, I'm going to be able to play. Like one of those good guys, just name one day. Um, really good. Let's baseball. say Mark McGuire. Fine, whoever the hell that is. I, I, it's not like <laughs> I immediately become Mark McGuire. You know what I mean? You have to have some basic skill, and then sometimes when the pressure's on, you may bow to a a weakness, which is the enhancement of your already good skills. So it's not like, oh, you know, I thought he was a good good athlete. But it turns out he's not. He's just a druggie. It shouldn't be really seen so simply, you know. Well, it should. Here's be a, all right, let me put it this way. Right. Let me put it this way. Um, <clears throat> uh, name a musician who you admire greatly. Uh, let's go with Peter Gabriel. Okay, Peter Gabriel. Uh, Peter Gabriel's had a long, long career. He's had uh, number one hit singles. He's uh, made millions and millions of dollars, and and you admire him because? Oh, he's just very, very uh, innovative, creative, and, and, and beautiful composer. Okay, what if it should turn out that all this time that you thought he was creating original works, that he was actually paying somebody to write the works for him that he would actually represent as his own? I don't want to hear this. See, this is the, but this is the crux of the issue. That, but no, I just don't want to even think about that. I mean, that's not the same. It, what you, it really what is. You're saying is he took some creativity, music composing, enhancing drug. No, no, know? I'm saying it, that I'm saying that he re- misrepresented his natural ability, and it really turns out that his natural ability was not his own. It it was the result of cheating and lying. Right, and I hear you, Dave, but steroids don't make you don't make you good. You have to have some kind of it's, base it's, to stand it's on. It's not the difference between whether or not you are good or not good. It's it's whether or not you can then uh and, and in baseball, it, records are such an important part of the game. Uh okay. you know, guys who oh, hit, So you're saying it is it is a, a form of deception. Absolutely it is. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So, because, so let's, like, let's, because stat statistics are marred by the effect. It's not a true true result, is what right. you're saying. Right. You've got a guy like okay. you got a guy like um Hank Aaron, who up until very recently had the the career record for home runs in a in okay. uh, by one person, seven hundred fifty five in his <laughs> career, which okay. was a monumental <clears throat> effort because he had finally <clears throat> eclipsed uh, the number of home runs that Babe Ruth hit. And during the entire time, and this was a time when when uh, the idea of integrating the leagues, uh, allowing black players to play, was a, still a pretty novel idea. And there were still a lot of people across the country who didn't like the fact that this black athlete was now 
running up against their all-time hero Babe Ruth. So he was receiving death threats, and 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 yeah. he was there was times where he wasn't allowed to sit and eat with the rest of his teammates because he was black. Uh-huh. Hank Aaron, who by all means never took a performance enhancing drug because they didn't exist during his playing days, to the best of our knowledge, he honestly achieved the record of home runs in a in a career. Oh, wow. Along comes a guy named Barry Bonds who by all means, was a spectacular baseball player. But he didn't have the same kind of stats that Hank Aaron did and okay. probably would never have gotten anywhere near the career numbers of Hank Aaron if he okay. hadn't gotten some sort of artificial assistance that was against the rules. Okay. Um, well, let's uh, against the rules. Is- so you're using that just to show the difference steroids can make in someone's performance right and how it can right affect. so you, you know, like it's like you know if i went out and uh you know i i attached rockets to my legs and i ran the new york city marathon and i finished it in 15 minutes um <laughs> could i honestly say i am the record holder no you can't but it would be hilarious if you did well i mean it'd be comical um, sure because my feet would be going yeah. a million miles an hour yeah and just to not even acknowledge the fact that you totally like you know Broke the rules by using rockets. Yeah, to get exactly. To it, it's it's disingenuous. Um, it's it's yeah, artificial, exactly. and it's not it's not what uh, it's uh, supposed to be. So that, now going back to black sportsmen, <laughs> that was that segue, Dave. Tiger Woods, bro. You know, uh, it, 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 you know, essentially, I, I, it's a it's funny. Part of me was like, there were moments listening to it. Where I was like, okay, all right, dude, fine. But then it was like, okay, shut up. <laughs> Almost as if, like, dude, now you're going too far. You know, In which ways like, did you think he went too far? Well, you know, uh, one of the things he said, and this is very controversial right now, especially in my life, but it's something I think really needs to be addressed. And he said, you know, I want to talk about how. Supposedly, my wife hit me on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. He goes, that is absolutely not true. There has never, ever been any history of domestic violence in my family, ever. And, you know, it's like, that's, I don't like that. You know, it's like, in what family, in what family do you know where at some point, a sibling, whatever, mm-hmm. just got into it? You know, that kind of stuff happens you know now it's severity yes of course is is something you should definitely take into consideration right but i am sorry if his wife you know found out he was sleeping with whores <laughs> she's gonna have sl- at least just slapped him across the face well i guess i guess I then then used to believe that she didn't in some way you know even in the slightest way physically injure. Well, I guess I guess you know he used the the term domestic violence which in and of itself kind of suggests a severity in you know all uh, right then and there. You know, I there was there was allegations that she had hit him with a club or something like that, you know, really serious like she ran after him with one of his nine irons or something like that. So uh, poetic justice. Is. Well, it would be kind of kind of ironic, yeah. don't you think? Uh, I do think. Uh, so, I mean, if, if it was that she, you know, uh, threw a dish rag at him 
I don't know that you could ever consider that to be domestic violence, but if she threw a brick at him, then it would really escalate to the point of uh, okay. domestic violence. Then we're on the same page about what you consider domestic violence. Um, I just, you know, I didn't think it was necessary. And, and see, well, it's, it's almost like, you know, that, that, that old, the lady doth protest too much thing, you know, it's like, do you, that right? is he too, covering but, up? But more, you know, I have seen so much of this, and this is my personal philosophy. You know, if I ever get famous, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if it ever happens, you know, I am going to make it very clear up front that I sleep with whores, <laughs> that I do some drugs, that, you know, that, you know, that I'm not like a, 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 a unsavory, slippery snake, but I'm also not the kind of guy that, you know, marries a girl and then buys a house and, you know, puts a picket fence up in the front and orders things from Lillian Vernon. Not that there's know? anything wrong with that. There are plenty of things wrong with that, but that's just my hey, Outside of the Lillian Vernon thing, it was sort of hidden close to home there, Ken. I think, Dave, I think you have a little crush on Lillian Vernon <laughs> and her products, which makes us unable to be friends ever well, again. Well, why start now? Yeah, uh, exactly. exactly. So, so uh, for, for years... People have decried the fact that there are no heroes left in this world. There are no people who kids can look up to, who there adults can look was. up to, who people can there say, that's were. somebody I think I could model my life after. And it's all become a cynical world where things just can't happen the same way. But I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, sitting right next to me, to my right, is the only hero you'll ever need. Ken Pond, hero to the children. But who is not, <laughs> no, who is not uh, right don't now? Don't put that on my resume. I can't, I can't have that on my job. Well, you know, we, we decided to take this apology from Tiger Woods uh, and look at it a little closely, maybe put it through a special filter, shall we say, yes. and see what would happen if we put the apology of Tiger Woods through Ken Google Vodge. It's a hopper and a chopper and a one, two, three. It's Google Voice for you and me. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Google Voice is a free service that's provided by the special people, creative people over at Google. They are special. Mm-hmm. What it is, they are, they special. are special. And what it is, it's a, it's a phone number that you can, they give you for free. Give the phone number out. Uh, you could route it to your phone. Uh, other phones, so as not to give away your actual phone number, mm-hmm. so it allows you to be more prolific and not feeling so, you know, bad about giving out your phone number. That's a plus for me, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, uh, you know, you can receive text messages that, at this number. You can receive. You have a whole inbox where you can receive voicemails. Now, what it does for you is when you get a v- actual voicemail, it tries to interpret the human voice into actual words. And therein lies the comedy. It is done very badly. It never comes out 
making any sense at all. It, it, I know? guess at best it's a work in progress. We have a Google Voice number, 347-829-PUNK, 347-829-7865 if you are alphabetically challenged. And that number is one we don't pick up. We just let the voicemail get it because we hope that you'll call and leave a voicemail and maybe someday you'll be uh, joining us here on the show in the form of Google Voice. That's <clears> right. But this time we decided to take a look at uh, just a snippet of the official Tiger Woods apology, and that apology went something like this. Yes. Every one of you has good reason to be critical of me. I want to say to each of you, simply and directly, I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. I know people want to find out how I could be so selfish and so foolish. People want to know how I could have done these things to my wife, Elin, and to my children. And while I have always tried to be a private person, there are some things I want to say. Elin and I have started the process of discussing the damage caused by my behavior. As Elin pointed out to me, my real apology to her will not come in the form of words. It will come from my behavior over time. We have a lot to discuss. And however, what we say to each other will remain between the two of us. I am also aware of the pain my behavior has caused to those of you in this room. I have let you down. And I have let down my fans. So there you have it. That is Tiger Woods apologizing to the world. Um, and Ken, we, we're, we're not 100% sure where the truth lies or anything like that. Um, Ken, you seem to think that he was being sincere, he was being earnest, and he was uh, you know, standing up. And saying yeah, the right but things. with a gun, with a gun to his head. See, I Tiger. see it a little differently because I see it through the eyes of Google Voice, and that's right. <clears throat> let me let me share what I have come to learn thanks to the the, the graciousness of Google Voice. And uh, what, what are we doing in the background here, Ken? You know, I I'll tell you what. Go ahead and read it. And I'll find something good for you. Okay. I'll play around with some stuff. Okay. So this is <clears throat> the Tiger Woods apology as filtered through fun with Google Voice. Every one of you has good reason to be critical of wanna say G, each of you sickly and directly. I am deeply sorry from my dear, responsible, and selfish behavior. I can get a chance. I know he want to find out I can be sold, selfish, and so foolish. Just want to know. Hope that I've done these things. My wife feeling, and to my children, and while I have always fried, should be a private person. There are some things I want to say you and I have started the process and discussing the damage caused on my behavior, and if you are going out to me. <laughs> My Rio apologies to her from not come in the form of words. It will come for my behavior over time. We have a lot to discuss. 
harbor, we say to each other, will remain between the tools. I'm also aware of the pain my behavior has called for those of you in this room. I have let you down. I'd like down my friends. <laughs> See, there's the truth. The that truth is I'll set you tree. Is that he really does like down his friends. He does. He'd like you know he'd like there him. is you made a bit of a mistake. I hate to call it out, but oh, to me, yes. going in this, it it's like the yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta read it the way it was. You just missed one. Oh, you're word, kidding. And I love yeah. I love this sentence because it's great. He says uh, somewhere in the third sentence, if these even can be considered sentences, sentences. is he says, I know he want to find out how I can be sold, selfish, and so foolish. I want to know, too. I know he want to find out mm. how I can be. As if <laughs> he really wants to know and is asking the people he's apologizing to how he can be sold, selfish, and so foolish more. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the, if, you, if, if there are three things that you try to be every day when you wake up in the morning, it's sold, soul. selfish, <laughs> and so foolish. Yes. Yes. And uh, gee, each of you, sickly and directly. Sickly. Yeah, sickly. I'm not feeling so good, yeah. but I'll be direct. It, 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 I find much more wisdom in this speech than the one he actually delivered. Me too. Yeah. I like that he gave Rio apologies to his wife. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, he went yeah. actually and, and and actually went to another country to acquire the apology, the apology, and then gave it to yeah. her from not come in the form of words. <laughs> which is big. What's a big deal? <clears throat> no. In some circles, that's like more than an apology. I mean, um, an apology in the form of words is your best road to travel. Yes. Because there's no misinterpretation. Yeah. I've tried apologies through song, through just musical form mm -hmm, or interpretive mm -hmm. dance, mm. and I can tell you it's much better in words. Yeah. Well, I think I, he understands, however, the gravity of what he's done and, and what may come of him uh, because uh, rather ominously he says, it will come for my behavior over time. <laughs> One can only guess what specter of evil is headed his way. Exactly. And we have a lot to discuss. Harbor, we say to each other, will remain between the tools. I think that's how I it think should what be. He's saying, yeah. yeah, I think he's like, you know, it's his first privacy. We should argue in the tool shed. <laughs> or she's just going to take him out to the tool shed. Or and, whatever, and, yeah. And, whatever and they're like, look, this is between you, me, <clears throat> and all these tools around us. Yeah, I think there's some more domestic violence headed Tiger Woods way. That's, that's, yeah. all, that's all I can guess. Yes. One way or the other, things are not going to uh, be smooth sailing for Mr. Tiger. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. No, no, no. So that does it for fun with Google Voice. Again, if you want to call us, leave us a voicemail, 347-829-PUNK, 347-829-7865. Hey, Ken. Yeah? Coming up after the break, we're going to have a sit-down talk with very funny woman, Abigail Shimon. Super hot. Comedian. Hot. Uh, awesome fun yoga master, and uh, yeah, she's got a she's got a couple big things coming up. So we're looking forward to talking to her. You are listening to the commercials free podcast on the commercials TV and the magic of iTunes. Ken Scribadua.
Sunday, 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 they'll be rocking in the garden. If you're not rocking with them, you better consider a new line of rockitude. If your chair ain't rumbling by the time things get stumbling, you have reached the wrong location. If your intestines aren't gyrating, you might not be in the right place at the right time. It's the Philharmonic at Madison Square Garden. Playing the best of the best, Abba, Queen, Sticks. In a very soft orchestral arrangement. There'll be nothing threatening about this rock out. Good work, Ken. I think that's the kind of advertising we're going to have on the commercial free podcast. It is, and we should, because it's free and it's easy. Oh, wait. It's not free. The podcast is free. The commercials aren't. That's right. That's the irony of our name. What was I thinking? I'm still reading that stupid book from 1985. You mean 1984? Oh, yeah. But it's hard being a, a yoga teacher because I, I feel like I should be a beacon of hope, health, and fitness for these people, and I fail miserably. I eat three musketeers like they're power bars and drink coffee by the leader. It's bad. And I, I get nervous. I get nervous about people seeing me eat this food. So I've taken to eating it alone in my room watching Lifetime movies and crying. And then I throw it all up. Commercials, Frank Podcast, the commercials.tv, and the magic of iTunes. Ken, uh, that's our very familiar sounding music to us. And I know it can only mean one thing. It can thing. only mean one thing. And it's time to do our podcast to podcast segment of the show. I don't have control. Or Samagamedgment. It's the podcast to podcast part of the show where we enjoy. A few moments with somebody who either A, has a podcast, B, is involved in a podcast in some way, C, has ever heard a podcast, or D, can. Absolutely has nothing to do whatsoever with a podcast. Those are the rules, and we, we are sticking to them There is no strictly. criteria. This week, yes. we are thrilled to have someone on the show who I, I, I may have ever been in a podcast, but I wouldn't even know. All I know is that she's a very funny woman, she is a good friend, and she is also a yoga instructor. Please welcome to the show, Abigailia Shaman. Abigailia, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It is Thank our you. pleasure. It is our pleasure. It is our pleasure indeed. You are a performing stand-up comedian or comedian. Do, I mean, how is do you prefer the the genderized version of it? How do you identify <laughs> yourself? I just immediately said that, and I, I realized she probably that. doesn't give a shit. I'm guessing, yeah, but I'd like her to tell us. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's it's same as like the actor actress thing. I don't think anyone really cares. Yeah. Except for like maybe one person who, and that one person is Dave, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a sensitive guy, and I like to be make sure that I'm not insulting anybody, and that's the what whole. What a great idea. opening question, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, so, what do you prefer, comedian or comedian? I mean, what is it for well, you? More of a throwaway. I mean, that is just I the kind of the, I, the content of the entire interview <laughs> that I was going with. That wasn't my original tack. My original tack is to say, tell us how you got started with uh, stand up comedy. Tell how I got started with stand up comedy? Yes. Yeah. Um yeah, that's that was the question. Um <laughs> I'm I've been up since five thirty. Um it uh, 
It, it, this is like totally cheesy, but um, <laughs> as you know, Dave, I did a lot of um, improv and stuff. And when I, um, I'm a yoga instructor by day. And when I was at yoga teacher training, at the end of our teacher training, we had this huge talent show, which was totally just cheesy because it's a bunch of adults, like, performing for each other, and we were all very tired and sore by the end of training. And I did, I hosted the I hosted the, the talent show, and I did stand-up for the first time through that. And, uh, and then I was like, this, this is what I meant to do. And so I came back to New York and started teaching yoga and doing stand-up comedy and my life has never been so in different worlds if you will that that's awesome interesting it's funny yeah. how things just yeah. happen the way they're meant to happen but had you ever considered it in the past i know you had done like you said you had done a bunch of improv and we in fact had done some improv together and it was a lot of fun but uh i don't remember you ever mentioning stand-up so when you started to do it i was like you know what that makes a lot of sense but had you thought of it before I mean, it, it was always in the back of my head, but it never, like, this is what I really want to pursue, and it was just kind of finally, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I, I got, I, I mean, I find it a lot more rewarding than improv. I, like, I love improv. I just got tired of making stuff up all the time. I, <laughs> I'm finding more joy in, like, honing a joke than, like, <laughs> being different every time. That's that's true. Yeah. I mean, I, it it is definitely something that I notice, and I'm sure Ken has noticed that that uh, like there is a, a distinct difference between making something up on the spot and then having the opportunity to kind of like foster something and and let it grow and evolve and all that cool stuff. I mean, it, there are two completely different disciplines, even though both are designed to make people laugh. And I think that's yeah. that's a cool aspect of of the comedy game. But in in as far as stand up goes, um, what other things have you noticed? differently about performing in front of people doing stand-up as opposed to doing improv? I mean, I think the biggest difference is in, in stand-up, you're alone. <laughs> well, and, um, like, but, but if it doesn't go well in stand-up, like, I think, one, it's a little, like, it's all you up there, so you can't be like, oh, we just weren't getting each other, like, you and your partner, if you will, during improv. And then, like, I feel like, people are a little less forgiving when it's stand-up because it is written. So it's like you have, you, you have to do really well all the time. Otherwise, they won't laugh. Like, you know, if you've ever done improv and it goes okay, mm. but everyone still enjoys it because they're, they're so impressed that you're making it up at the, on the spot that that's right, enough as entertainment. Whereas, like, if it's, it's stand-up and it's not going well, it's like you had... You've, you know, you've been working on this for how long and it's <laughs> right. still, it's, not, it, still it's not coming together. For, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot less forgiving. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. When, but, uh, uh, when, uh, you, you look at other comedians, what, what kind of things are you trying to bring to your show that other people do? I mean, like, who do you like, look at and you're like, oh, they're awesome. Let me try and see what elements I can bring into my game. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, as far as, like, um, the, the greats, um, like, George Carlin, obviously, mm. was uh, so amazing. With just the way he, like, played with words. And, and it, if you've ever, like, read his books and stuff, he talks about that. Like, how he, just the way he liked to 
it, like it was almost like poetic. It wasn't just him talking. He he was creating a rhythm. He was playing with um, syllables and using alliteration and using all all of these tools to like create a joke, which is really cool. And then I also kind of like comics who talk about the underbelly of things, who um, talk about uh, like like darker aspects. <laughs> of things, but, you know, make it very, very funny. You know, like, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but Mike Descafano mm. is, a, is a comic around New York. He does that very well. Mm. Uh, very funny. So, cool. And George Collin, of course, did that same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, that no, kind of he was sub- very dark, yeah. definitely. That kind of subversive, you know, dig deep and 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 when when you're on stage, I, the stuff I have seen you do, uh, you you do get personal. I mean, you you don't pull any punches about your own life. Um, what do you think's the most revealing thing you say about yourself? Um, it, you know, it's weird to like talk about it outside of a joke. Ah, but, just say the um, joke. What the hell. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't. I don't want it. That would be it's so awkward to be like, well. <laughs> <laughs> go into a bit that'd be the most uncomfortable thing ever oh come on it's just um, like we're on uh, the tonight show and and you've been prodded by a producer to come up with a story and all i'm doing is throwing you a little uh bone and you say oh speaking of that yeah i have a funny story well speaking of that i have a funny story <laughs> <laughs> don't lead her or anything dave no no i wouldn't want to do that <laughs> no. i talk a lot about um being a yoga instructor and i have a couple jokes where um, I like I just kind of talk about it, like I'm actually kind of like the most out of shape yoga instructor I think in New York, <laughs> which I, I I feel like to like most people it's not a, a big deal, but to me it's it's always interesting for my day job to go up and be like this is how you lead a healthy happy life, and now I'm going to go home and watch Project Runway and eat an entire pizza, but <laughs> right um, right. That that sort of that sort of thing is is kind of very personal to me. And then I I mean I I've talked a, a, quite a bit about sex, but everyone talks about sex, so it's very revealing. But it's not at the same time, if you will. It's like part for the like, course kind of thing for comedians. Yeah, like to, so, I mean, yeah. So well, you're being truthful. Do, do you mean to say like you're being truthful? Yeah. In your in your in in the in your comedy when it comes to that personal stuff. You're not making yeah. up stories just to be like, okay, you know, you're actually relaying truth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, that, wow, you're a lot dirtier it, than like, I thought you were, Abigail. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, compared to Dave. Yeah, coming compared from Dave, me, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually a compliment. You you're mean you wore curious. a skirt above your knee? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I have exactly. been known. I have been known. <laughs> well, let's talk about Sometimes that. I even wear rouge. Ooh, forget it. You are a scandalous <laughs> woman. Sultry, yeah. You must now wear the scarlet letter of shame. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk a bit about it's the like, yoga it's thing. It's like a big red D on her shirt for Dave. <laughs> for dirty. Uh, let's talk about the yoga thing. What what got you started in yoga? Because when you and I first met... Wait, wait hold went, on. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go I'm ahead. I'm so sorry. No. i got to stop you there, dude. Because she's hit on something once uh, before that I really liked. And... I watched it in your clip and you talk about being like, as far as like the most hypocritical yoga instructor ever, you know, right. as far as like a whole cheese pizza and drinking and smoking pot and stuff like that. <laughs> that to me though, 
is so refreshing because whenever I go down to like St. Mark's, there's like a, a big yoga place there. And like, yeah. you know, every chick that walks in there, she's got like an attitude, like you could tell. And she's got like, um, you know, the little mat curled up and she's holding it under her arm, you know, and she's like, it's just this air about her. It's like, oh, I'm going to yoga. I'm pure, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so refreshing to meet a woman who's into yoga, who's not a complete beep. You know what I mean? A complete beep? Um, yeah, yeah, because uh, I was just thinking of the foulest word to describe those, you know, I call them, quote unquote, those women. Those women, you know, the, that'll do just fine. Yes. You know, I have to go, <laughs> I have to go do yoga, you know, I only yeah. eat organic fucking food. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. it's so is what I'm saying. Very refreshing. Well, you have Ken's vote, well, that's for sure. I'm, I'm glad you think that because, like, it, as much as, like, those women are very annoying, at the same time, I feel like I should be those, you know, those women, if you will. Like, I, right. I try to shop at Whole Foods and then I, <laughs> I, buy, I buy a lot of stuff. I buy a lot of organic food, but then I let it rot and <laughs> I never eat it. Same with me, yeah. That's, I try, that's how I like to like, do it. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's very honest because I try to do that stuff. But if I had to choose between like an organic fucking mango and you know they have like the two Big Macs for four dollars now, <laughs> if I had to which choose between that, which is amazing, yeah, that's a I am deal. so fat right now because of it. But yeah, if I had to pick, I'd let the mango rot and I'd go walk ten blocks to get the you know two for four Big Macs. I've seen you do so, it. I've seen you do it. Yeah, you've seen me. Yeah. Dave is no, this witness. isn't a this isn't a hypothetical for you, Ken. This is an actual. This happened. <laughs> yeah, no, this happens. Plural. Yeah, there, Plural. there you go. It's just you, a, know? you know, it's Thursday. Therefore, Ken's eating a Big Mac. Uh, yeah. right. so, so, as somebody who is funny and somebody who uh, pursues comedy, how, how do you, on a daily basis, deal with these these yoga women and men uh, who are a little too hardcore about it? I mean, do you do you have to just bite your tongue? How do you do you do you make jokes yeah. to their face? Are they aware that you're making fun of them? How, how do you reconcile the two? That's hard to say. I mean, like, because you meet such an array of of people, like some people are very cool and like just kind of down to earth. And I feel like you attract what you put out there. And I'm, I'm pretty honest with my students and I, I'm, I keep everything fairly light. Like I don't pretend to be, have some stage, stage knowledge or anything like that. So I feel like I attract the students who aren't so like hippy dippy about it, mm. if you will. Oh, okay. That but sounds- when, whenever I get a person like that, I, I just ignore them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is not very nice. Well, but this, like, if if there's like someone who has a genuine question, it's always it's always fun to talk about that and answer it. But sometimes you'll get people who just want to pontificate for the sake of it, about you know because they read one article in Yoga Journal, so they feel like they have a deep understanding of what an <laughs> asana is, and it's just like that's not. Uh what it's about like it's yeah well i mean it sounds like from what you're describing is like something me and dave like to joke about is being an actor and dealing with other actors yeah it's like you know we we i love acting and there are individuals who act that i like but by and large actors suck like actors with a capital yeah. a oh, they're such a pain in the yeah. ass and like you know the biggest thing we have is like me and dave joked 
about how like that bullshit, like they have to warm up for fucking an hour and a half with their iPod and go like, losing up my voice, losing my voice. Go on stage for two minutes. Yeah, they warm up for 45 and they're on stage for two. Yeah, this I don't get. Retarded and pretentious. You don't need to do that. No, absolutely not. Go ahead. I came to New York to, like, I majored in musical theater, and that's what I, I came here, and, and for a long time, I, like, I went on musical auditions and stuff like that, and then I finally just stopped, and when people ask me why, it's like, the art form I love, the people, I, I just yeah. can't handle going to an open call and being like, oh my gosh, should I sing this song or should I sing this song, because this song really shows off my high G, but I feel like this is more the character, and, uh, like, I love it, Dina Menzel, like, I just couldn't handle <laughs> those people. It, you know, and music- Musical theater is worse. You see, and oh, yeah. I notice too, there's a scale like regular stage actors, improv, not so bad. Musical theater, much worse. But then you get into opera. Oh, oh my God, my, forget no, it. Forget the it. drama is unbelievable. Yeah, so you're heading in the right direction. Now, you do, yeah, you do Bikram yoga, which really just, I mean, it fascinates me and it drives me nuts because if it's a couple degrees over like room temperature, I'm a cranky bad person. You, yeah. The Bikram yoga. You intentionally crank up the heat and just sit and and stretch and 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 exert yourselves. How does this work? Please. Um. Well, I mean, it sucks at first. Like, I mean, <laughs> I feel I think everyone is cranky at first. I'm cranky most every time I do it. But there's something about it that's so I don't know comforting. Because, well, part of it is like for 90 minutes, someone else is going to tell you what to do. Mm. Which when you have a thousand things going on in your life, you just have like 90 minutes of like, all right, I'm, I, this is this is all I can do right now. Just stay in this room and do this. That's all I'm going to do right now, which I think is is comforting um, when like in New York and you know, as performers, like you're constantly pulled in like five different directions. Um, you know, you want to make your art, you want to make your money, you want to... You want to stay true to your art, but you don't want to sell out, but you want to be, you know, um, I think that's, that's one thing. I like, this is the, this thing I always tell new students, which is like, it's, it's overwhelming at first, but the first thing you, you just want to do is just kind of stay in the room and kind of let it happen to you and experience it. This is when I sound like one of those women. <laughs> uh, and I, and, and you know, you, you want to come back and try it again because the more you do it, the more you practice either Bikram yoga or any type of yoga or any discipline, like, the more it's going to change. So the first day, it might just be like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and the second day, it may be, what the fuck am I doing? And then the third day, you might be like, oh, my God, I can touch my toes. Um, so... That's the thing. And the reason why they heat the room in Bikram Yoga is because it allows you to get deeper into the body quicker. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you can get deeper into the stretches. You start to detox more um, within right, those 90 you minutes. Sweat. So it's right, like the exactly. sauna thing. And also, the more kinetic energy there is, it's easier for your muscles and tendons and stuff to stretch, I would assume. Boy, if somebody, I mean, that's a bad exactly. hypothesis. If, if somebody told exactly. me to go someplace and, and told me that I could get into the body quicker, I would assume that maybe I was going to a singles bar. I don't know. That's just me. 
And or a whorehouse. Or, or, or a place of, of unfit women. That's you know. listen right. to you, <laughs> Or a house of quote-unquote burlesque. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! So we're, we're, we get we we got a special new segment that we want to uh, invite you to take part in, Abigailia. But before that, we have a couple things that uh, I know you have going on that we wanted to talk about. First right. of all, you you do a, a regular show in the city. Tell us about that. Right, uh, I run a monthly show um, uh, downtown with a very funny comic named Mike Racine. And we run this show together called um, Glorious Comedy at Poco, which is a, a Poco restaurant on 30, uh, 33 Avenue, B on the corner of 3rd Street. And our next show is on uh, March 18th. It's a, what, what night is that? March That's 18th? Thursday? It's a Thursday, March 18th yeah. at 9th. At 9 p.m., and uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly our lineup for this month, but it's going to be amazing. It's called Glorious Comedy for a reason, <laughs> you know. So uh, it, it's yeah. just funny, and it's completely free. It's a completely free show. That's so. great. That's great. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, you didn't name it um, Mediocre Comedy or This Might Be Okay Comedy. You <laughs> named it Glorious Comedy. And you're sticking by it, glorious, absolutely, exactly. And you you have a you have a really big show coming up, which which uh, I only just started to hear about before we went on the air here. Uh, you're you're going to Scotland. Yeah, I'm going to Scotland. Um, come hell or high water, um, I am. I got in, accepted into the Edinburgh Fringe Festival um, to do stand up there, and um, I'm starting to get my show together and kind of put you know make make my set cohesive and long so i'm running the first um run of the first go of it if you will on march 29th at the people's improv theater uh my show is called beacon of health and fitness racy humor with an open heart chakra um (laughs) (laughs) that's great i mean that that um, ignore what's going on behind us. We, uh, we, we have, uh, yeah, we're doing a lot of renovation all the time. So we sometimes have guys falling down <laughs> behind us. Um, it happens. It, it happens, happens, you know, uh, Bruce is okay. He'll be fine. Uh, but you, <laughs> but so, so that, that's an incredible Actually, honor for you to be able to be accepted. I mean, stand up comedians who go to Edinburgh, that's a huge step in your career. So that's, I mean, that's fantastic. You must be flying over the moon. Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm right now. I'm more nervous than excited about it. Like I, I was excited, and now I'm like, oh shit, it's happening. <laughs> so, um, and, and so I'll, I'll get excited about it later. Right now, I'm just nervous about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm nervously excited about going to Edinburgh. And uh, like I said, March 29th is my first time time putting it all together so that that's a horrible way to plug something it's my first time doing it yeah no i've done this forever yeah that's right exactly but, um, act like you've been there that's the idea you know right um it, yeah it's uh it's it'll be um me putting together that show for the edinburgh show well what people can get a sneak preview of something and save themselves airfare to scotland so i guess right, that's exactly. that's the plug right there there you go right yeah be part of something that's... Why go to Scotland when you can just go to 29th Street? That's what I always say. Amen. I think that's... Uh, Indeed. Yes. I mean, that's that's what they've been saying since the 70s. Uh, okay. <laughs> we wanted to start a new segment. We're calling it Ken's Killer Questions. In- it's not new. I've done it before. 
Many times. Yes, many <laughs> times. This is not a new segment. This is something Ken's been doing since the early 50s, I think. Uh, okay. And uh, we're calling it Ken's Killer Questions, and uh, that is questions with a K, which makes the acronym for our segment here really inappropriate. But- Dave, that is so creative. <laughs> <laughs> you are such... A creative individual. He named the segment, not I. No, it's no. so creative. It, it's, You're right up there with like, you know, when you paste macaroni on paper plates, when the, like sparkles and stuff, it's my, right up there. Yeah, that's my best with work. With that level of creativity. Yes, yes. Yeah. I bring that kind of creativity to the table each and every week on this show. <laughs> so the question to you is, Abigail Shaman, are you prepared for Ken's Killer Questions? I am prepared for Ken's killer questions. Ken's so no away. one is prepared for <laughs> Ken's killer questions. That was a trick question. Dave is a little more professionally with his questions, you know? Like, so tell uh-huh. me how you feel about your career as far as where you've been, where you are, and where you're going. Can you give it, like, my questions aren't like that. I don't, I don't know if I sound that much like Dinah Shore, but go ahead. Is that Dinah Shore? It's close enough. Really? Wow. Um, I was just thinking like more, you know, morning show host. Um, but no offense, Dave. No, no none taken. None. None I at all. I was thinking Carol Channing, which is usually <laughs> what I think when I hear Dave speak. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, we yes, have the same tonal South quality. Carol Channing. Yeah. Carol um, Channing. My, my, my appearance in Thoroughly Modern Millie is still being talked <laughs> about in, uh, in uh, Nassau County out there on Long Island. Anyway, go oh, ahead. That Ken. is a big place to be in theater, Dave. Indeed, it is. All right, well, Nassau County, Long Island, is like the Peoria of the East Coast. That is indeed the way. I it can't goes. believe, dude. I, if I was ever in a play in Nassau County, I would never talk about it. For God's sakes, you have a career and a child to raise. I was also you just well, lowered your resume by like fifteen points. Not only that, I just admitted I was the Carol Channing role of th- Thirdling Modern Millie. Go on with your questions. <laughs> this is a segment designed to, to highlight you. Take it and run with it. I'm sorry, no offense, guest. Dave is just such an easy target tonight. Um, right, the first question is: After watching your performances. Well, the first question that came to mind, and this is in pre-written, <laughs> do you really have your nipples pierced? I'm sorry. Ask it again. I couldn't hear you. What? <laughs> do you really have your nipples pierced? Yes. Yes, I do. You do. Okay. Yes. okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> second question. You talk okay. about, you talk, and you make minor reference to this. About how you're like, you know, I'm single. What's the problem? My nipples are pierced. I could put my legs over my head. Have you actually seen a correlation in the improvement of your sex life since you began yoga? Well, I mean, I definitely have more. I have sex with more people, <laughs> but I'm not. Well, I, was I haven't had a relationship. Not so much quantity, but I, I meant quality, I, as say before and after. You know, like, do you think that yoga really does? Because because a lot of women are like, yeah, oh, it really makes you like in touch with your body and blah blah blah. How do you really notice a, a difference in that? Well, realm? I mean, I I think it does to a sense, but like to be honest, I'm 24, <laughs> so 
it should, I should be getting better at this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I, practice I makes perfect. And uh, I'm, right. I'm still fairly young. So I, 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 could, I can only get better. <laughs> that's true. You know what? That's yoga. true. For, no, forget that the whole very... Scotland saving airfare thing. There's your plug. That's true. Wait. What did you say? That's how you Instead get people to your show. Just, Forget about the yeah. airfare to Scotland thing. Just say, I am in the process of getting much, much better at sex. That's how you sell tickets. <laughs> <laughs> to be sex, Thank period. You. I'm only getting better. And I like it with a lot of people. That is a sold out fucking show. Doesn't matter what the there we go. Bang. Okay. Uh, my next question, I try to ask every guest. But uh, first, it's on the contingent. Are, you, are are both of your parents living? Yes. Okay. If you had to choose, okay, <laughs> and you have to choose one, if you had to choose between walking in on your father doing himself <laughs> or walking in on your mother, quote unquote, doing herself, but you had to pick one, which would you pick? Definitely father, no question. Wow. Okay, elaborate and tell me why. <laughs> because, um, because I talk to my mother almost every day. Okay. I don't talk to my dad every day. Uh, so it'll be a lot easier to pretend it never happened. Ah, uh, very good. Ah, uh, very good. Using very... some logic to get around Ken's killer question here. Very no, good. No, no. And, and the person that is able to use logic... To get through those questions, I mean, you're, you're an easy one, you know, because uh, in so many senses of the word, sister. sold out show right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Craigslist post, horny girl, wears glasses, nice boobs, nipples pierced, does yoga. You're done. Yeah. You're set for the weekend. Tickets available. At least. Yeah. Do you think that's not already on Craigslist? <laughs> I've that been answering soup? ads this entire interview. <laughs> Abigailia Shimon, where do people find you online? Well, uh, I have a I have a blog which I rarely use, and I'm going to start using it tomorrow. Good. Um, you can find me on uh, Abigailia.com. Spell that. Uh, a b i g o l i a h. Um, dot com, or you can simply find me on Facebook, and uh, I'm the only Abigailia on Facebook, so it's not. That is a very mind. unique name. Yeah, you have that cornered. Thank you. Well, you do have yeah. that cornered. Congratulations on everything you're doing. Uh, best of luck with your preparations for Scotland and Edinburgh, if you will. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. You are no the man. Problem. That is Abigailia Shaman, Abigailia.com. Go see her show at the People's Improv Theater. Go see her show at Poco and uh, find her online at Facebook. She's the only Abigailia on there. Ken, when we come back, we're going to talk about the most amazing coincidence that possibly has ever happened to anybody ever in the history of time. Ever. Ever. And we'll get to that. And I know you're going to stick around for it. So, so why even tell you to, to do station it? Move to the station ID. Move to the station ID. You are listening to the commercials. Great podcast on the commercials.tv and the magic of iTunes. Ken, take us to the break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nipples pierced. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. 
you listen to NPR? Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. Philip Glass. It's no karma, Marina. It's Philip Glass. This ain't your father's Philip Glass. It ain't. Back here on the commercials, Frank Podcast, the commercials.tv, and the magic of iTunes. How great was Abigail Shaman, Ken? She is very cool, very awesome. She was very tired, but she was still a lot of fun. What a trooper and a bundle of energy, and uh, we wish her nothing but success. And uh, hope you will check her out, www.abigalia.com. If you have any uh, worries about spelling that, you can find her. I believe she is a fan of ours on Facebook. Excuse me as I clear correct. my throat, Ken. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat, I So last week, we had a very interesting week. We interviewed... Ed Sugar Lane of two gentlemen right. of Lebowski. Gentlemen of Perona. It's the sold out, super, super popular Lebowski to Lebowski. Indeed. Shakespeare. Uh, Shakespeare interpretation of the two or, or the big Lebowski, I should yeah. say. And it's called the two gentlemen of Lebowski. Yes, that is true. And uh, we, we had a great time talking with Ed and uh, it inspired us to uh, really take a look at what's going on out there. And there's a lot. I mean, Lebowski is... I mean, I knew it was a cult hit, but you know, when you really look at stuff on the internet, you find out that that you know things are things are even more popular than you could ever imagine. I mean, there are tons of websites. There's a there's a Lebowski podcast. Yeah, it's Lebowski podcast. <clears throat> yeah, but we also did a little bit of research on the play itself, as Ed explained. Uh, there is a script that uh, was put out there on Facebook. Uh, they started. <clears throat> simply the the author uh and I will get his name in just 2 seconds uh the the author of the play uh decided to throw uh this script up on the web Adam Bertacci is his name and right. he decided to just make his thing available to uh uh to whomever wanted it so or you know more just to see hey guys do you like this right right is this a good idea and he quickly got a huge amount of followers and they thought it was awesome that's correct especially Lebowski fans that is correct and and and, and a huge element of it is that he, Adam Bertacci himself has no qualms about anybody just putting out a production of it he doesn't ask for any royalties or anything like that he just wants to see his his uh his 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 uh his work put out there and what happened is there is uh, a bunch of people who have done their own monologues and such uh, and posted them online. Uh, right. They're right. versions of uh, monologues from Two Gentlemen of Lebowski. Hold that thought for one second. Last week, sure. we also decided to do a little musical tribute to one of our favorite artists, Billy Joel. That's right. We did a song called honesty and we put it yes. through the fun with google voice engine we put the lyrics through google voice and then we sang the song as google voice had interpreted it right now one thing we found uh that google voice decided to do was convert the word honesty to hardesty that's correct at one point in the song it just you know and hardesty is not a word <laughs> as dave found out later in the podcast you know he went on and on about it but Thanks. he talked about, oh, well, there's a comedian named Brandon Hardesty. Right, right. So I guess what Google did was they said, hey, we've got a Hardesty in our, uh, in our search block here. Let's just throw that word in there. So it inspired us to go and look at Brandon Hardesty's website. We, we mentioned it last week, and you can find it at brandonhardesty.com. 
And we saw that, you know, he does a lot of funny videos. He's out there in L.A. and he's doing his thing. And, you know, he's he's got a fan club and, and good for him. Uh, yeah. But we just we didn't think much of it after that. Until a few days later when we were doing some more research on the Lebowski thing. Right. And we found that Brandon Hardesty was one of the people who posted a video of himself doing a monologue from two gentlemen of Lebowski. Which is so strange. Because because not only did he do it before the podcast, yeah, it had nothing to do with us, and we had nothing, we had we had no idea it existed, yeah. But the fact that Google Voice interpreted honesty as hardesty, which led us to search for someone named Hardesty, he came up and he was involved in a in his own performance of Lebowski. Two gentlemen of Lebowski. So I keep wanting to say Lebowski to Lebowski. Yeah, it's kind of podcast to podcast. But uh, I mean, that's literally what it is. Uh, but what a ridiculous coincidence! Unbelievable. Dave. It's like, what are the chances? You know, I completely random. I, I, you know, I, there have been a, f- a few coincidences in my life. This may have been at or near the top, or if not the top. I, I it it just blew me away and I and and I and I found it late uh the other night and <clears throat> I, I had to email Ken right away with it. Um right. and I think you called me like immediately and you're like Yeah, and it was late. Yeah, it was very you know, late. It's like yeah. beyond like professional calling hours. Yeah, but we just it, and, it was that and amazing. It just blew our minds, yeah. you know. Yeah. Too too Incredible. cool. Yeah. And too too crazy. So here's know? what we should here's what we uh, would like you to do. There's a couple things we'd like you to do. First of all, we'd yeah. like you to go to Facebook and become a friend of two gentlemen of Lebowski. Uh, do that. We are friends. Uh, if you go to the commercials page uh, on Facebook, you can be linked to uh, uh, you, you. You can find the link to two gentlemen of Lebowski, or just search for two gentlemen of Lebowski. That'll come up. Uh, and then uh, we want you to go to brandonhardesty.com, Brandon H A R D E S T Y dot com. And right. let them know how you found them, because at some point, the idea of six degrees of separation is going to start to take effect. And yeah. this may actually be the genesis of a worldwide phenomenon. People oh, yeah. connecting with people. Okay, yeah, Ripley's Believe It or Not will pick up the story. Long lost family members will start to find each other. They will. Children will grow faster. Dogs and cats will begin Living to together. live together. Yeah. Bill Murray will do another funny movie. Actually, you know, they're doing another Ghostbusters. I heard this. You know yes, I did? actually I did hear this. And, and it was great because in a, in a press release, <clears throat> Bill Murray said with all the original cast members, he's like, I will do it under one condition. And they're like, well, what is that? He's like, in the first 10 minutes of the movie, all the original characters have to die. Really? And then come back as ghosts in a mentor capacity for these newer, younger generation. Ah, So it's going to be like a young generation of Ghostbusters. Yeah, well, I would assume. You know, they're so old now, it's not like, let's find some guys our age and fucking make them Ghostbusters. Yeah, I guess. I I mean, the other option would be just to have the original cast still out there ghost-busting and and doing their thing. Dude, guys are getting old. I mean... Do you know how fat Dan Aykroyd's gotten <laughs> since the? It's ridiculous. Well, the, um, no, he's not it. to mention how gray 
what's his name went? Bill Murray? He directed, no, directed it, but it was a Oh, 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 uh, well, no, Harold Ramis, but that was, uh. Oh, no, he wrote it, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Harold Ramis. Uh, John, John, uh, John, uh, uh, oh, Jonathan, John Landis, right? John, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, I always forget the black guy's name. Ernie Hudson. That's right, Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Recently, I saw him in an episode of, of uh, Stargate SG-1 mm-hmm. where he did, he had a, first of all, I think he's really good. Yeah. He made a brilliant performance in that. That was very far removed from his Ghostbusters role. I hope so. And this was a, an episode that aired maybe two or three or four years ago. And he was old looking, man. I mean... <laughs> The, the mustache was gray. The hair was gray. Yeah. I mean, same essence of the actor. It's not like he's like so old. He's like, yeah, kind of, I'm kind of acting. I'm Cena. It's like you could just see the years have compiled. And yeah. so, yeah, it would be very interesting to see, you know. Yeah, I would. Be I always kind of thought it'd be, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I always thought it'd kind of be fun to see, um, although maybe I think less now than I did back then, but I think it would be kind of cool to see. Um, a, uh, a, a a new uh, uh, take on on Lethal Weapon, where you see Riggs and and uh, 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 oh, jeez, what's his name? Riggs and and Danny Glover. Um, Danny Glover. Yeah, but okay, what's, what's his character? character? Jeez, yeah. There's Riggs and ah, uh, that's gonna that's gonna drive me nuts. But uh, no. I, I, uh Steve. Reason Steve uh, as older men and and their relationship as they become older and obviously they're not going after criminals and they're not you know doing amazing stunts anymore but it's an actual no. like uh, smaller piece it's almost like you know just just the dialogue it's almost like my dinner with Andre but with more stuff going on I think exactly and it, you know not to take away from your thing about Lethal Weapon f- four or five it would be right well I, something like that. Okay, is is Bill Murray really, really took some interesting turns in his career since Ghostbusters? Oh, I'd say so, and, and into to a degree where I think it'd be very interesting to see him back in that role mm. because to me that was like his kind of his infancy, um, infancy as in being in, in a commercial film, not on SNL, right? And um, you know, if you take the Royal Tannenbaums. If you take the uh, uh, the uh, what's the same same director, but it was all about uh, the Life Aquatic. Oh, that one, I, which in my opinion was just brilliant. You know, of, of those movies you know? uh, by um, Wes Anderson, that's the one I still yeah. have. I own it, and I still haven't seen it. And I love Wes Anderson oh, movies, dude. You have got to see the Life Aquatic. I mean, talk about if if you can take. Absolutely ridiculous. There is an absurd, absurdist side mm-hmm. of Wes Anderson, obviously, and his 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 vision is often like silly, exaggerated. And if you can if you combine that with beauty, mm. which completely did, it's just like amazing. Well, I'm, I'm- I mean, because the premise is ridiculous. <laughs> he plays such a ridiculous character. Absolutely. That's so incredibly selfish and, 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 and uh, you know, pathetic in so many ways. Uh, and then, it, you know, it, it really, Dave, you got to see that film. Anyone who hasn't seen it, and if you like Wes Anderson, if you even remotely like 
the Royal Tannenbaums. You have to check that out. Yeah, well, I also, I mean, I really loved also um, oh, the one with Max the Kid. Oh, my, I think I think I'm actually getting snow uh, drift in my head. I think that I think I'm actually starting to have brain freeze because of all the snow, bringing things full circle. But the, the name of the movie with the uh, 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 Talia Shire's oh, Rushmore. Rushmore. Thank you very much. I love Rushmore. that movie yeah. too. Oh, it's great! So, it's it's freaking. Great. I think I have an assignment here on these uh, these cold winter days, and that is to you finally do. watch the, the the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Oh, you will not be disappointed. I will not be disappointed. We are not disappointed that you chose to spend some time with us today. Ken, it's been an awesome show once more. It sure has. It sure has. Want to thank Abigail Shimon for joining us, and uh, want to thank Tiger Woods for being a stand-up guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hope you'll join us next week when we'll have another edition of the Commercials Free Podcast. Until then, Ken, let it snow, let it snow, let it blow, and then make it stop. See you next week. <laughs>